0: This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman here with you on a Thursday morning. Glad that you have joined us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. They are the the, the 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 king local business. Is there a local business you identify with with more than Strange Brew? I think that's the one, like, People who come to Starville they, they all know about it. You know, not everybody knows everything else, but everybody knows about that coffee house right there on Highway yeah, 12.
1: Th- there's a handful, but given their location, given their, the signs that, that, that uh, Shane is so great at, at yeah, doing yeah. each week, uh, yeah,
0: I, I think... They have that, that reputation.
1: I think they definitely can make a case to be numero uno.
0: There you go. So, if you're up in Starville this week, great. You know, you want to, you know, give a, give them a look, and of course... If you're just you know not planning on, on heading back up here anytime soon, you can always shop online at their website and, and find them and, and buy the stuff you need so that you start every morning the right way with a cup of Strange Brew coffee. Speaking of shopping online, it's that time of year. It is the holiday season. It's time to start looking ahead to Christmas. College Corner has everything you need for the Mississippi State fan in your life. If you're in the Jackson area, two locations to serve you. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. Or, of course, you can always just shop online at collegecornerstore.com and find something you need that's for Mississippi State. You know you've got Bulldogs in the family. You know you're going to be buying them stuff this holiday season. Go ahead and do it at the best possible place with the best possible prices. That's our good friends at College Corner. The, year, the end of the year is almost here. 2021 is going to be a profitable year for your business, but you need to make sure of that by giving Advantage Business Systems a call today and seeing what they can set up for you to update your technology. They've been doing it for nearly 46 years here in the Magnolia State, helping businesses just like yours remain and become profitable. That's the name of the game, and Advantage Business Systems is the one to help you get there. So call them today at 844-833-6245 or visit them online at absms.com and find out how Advantage Business Systems can help your business do business Let's talk about the Georgia Bulldogs, those other Bulldogs. Uh, We will be uh, talking just a little later in the show with Palmer Tom's. He covers uh, Georgia for dogs 24-7. We'll speak with him. But let's start with uh, something. I'm going to give a little spoiler from the interview. That's what we're going to talk about. He seemed pretty confident that he's not expecting much of a a change defensively from Georgia. Expects him to play some man-to-man this week. Does that make any difference for you, or is are we at the point with this offense where it doesn't it doesn't really matter?
1: I think it kind of. If that's the case, and state sees a lot of man coverage, to me it's a little bit like in baseball. Whenever you're out there and you know you're facing a Jacob Degrom or a Max Scherzer or something like that, and then they finally get him out of the game and go to the pen, mm-hmm. doesn't matter who they go to, even if it's a good reliever you're like, thank God yeah. he's out of the game. Yeah. Well, if after all these weeks of seeing mostly zone, State sees a ton of man, I mean, I feel like that that may be just a, a breath of fresh air for that group to say, hey, last time we saw a mostly man defense, we excelled. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, does it make me feel a little bit... If they actually do that... And granted, there's a big difference in a, a beat writer saying that he thinks they will, and Georgia actually fulfilling that and doing it. But if Georgia does run a primarily man defense, that gives you a little bit of hope. But then again, if, I have a feeling if Georgia does such a thing, and they see early on, oh, state's moving the football against us, let's l- let's try that rush three drop eight thing. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like that. There's not going to be the Bo Pelini. Let's just run it all game. Uh, And let state continue to move the football. I I think there will be a quick adjustment if Georgia does choose to go man and
0: sees it's not working. And and the the question becomes if let's say you get two or three possessions like that, can you take advantage? Yeah, you got to take advantage if that happens. Yeah, can you can you get fourteen on the board and just try to figure it out? Because I will say this about Georgia, and and I hate to spoil the interview. You know what? Let's just let's go ahead and get into the interview let's just do that so we can talk about it a little bit more openly that's a heck of an idea thank you and of course that interview brunt comes to you on the welcome home beef hotline which is another heck of an idea is to go there yeah yeah I, I, I have learned I have news about welcome home beef they've added a new product there there's a new there's a new uh, something on the menu that you can you can pick up and bring home country pleasing sausage now available at welcome home beef including a kind I had not heard of. An alligator sausage seasoned with crab boil. So that's gonna have to be bought. That's gonna have to be sampled by Brian Haydad. And I suggest you do the same. And of course, what goes better with sausage than steak? That's that's a very manly meal. Big link of smoked sausage and a ribeye steak. Yeah. No sides. No, what kind of sides are you gonna make? No, the sausage is the side.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, you go to a restaurant or something, they're like, you get you order your steak, baked potato yeah. on
0: the side. Yeah. Well, if you're doing it at home, you'd be like, no baked potato. Yeah. I want more meat. More meat. Exactly. Exactly. So, if you're cooking it yourself, if you're buying some of their to-go meals, or if you're hitting the food truck up, which will be open all weekend, you got a lot of options at Welcome Home Beef. And let me tell you one thing that is for sure about those options. It just tastes good. Good. Let's go to the Welcome Home Beef Hotline and talk to Palmer Tom's. He covers the Georgia Bulldogs for Dogs twenty four seven. Joining me now on the Welcome Home Beef Hotline, Palmer Tom's. He covers Georgia for Dogs twenty four seven over there in Athens. Just sort of a, a question more about Georgia than about this game, but you know this is the first time in three years that Georgia is sort of on the outside looking in at the SEC Championship game. Probably not going to make it to Atlanta. What's been the reaction of the of the team over there? You know, in, in that situation, knowing that hey, we're we're not playing for the SEC title this year
2: yeah it's certainly been a a different atmosphere over here in Athens since that Florida lost you know like you mentioned for the first time since 2016 Kirby Smart's first season here uh Georgia does not control their own destiny in the SEC East and and I think you know there's a sense of pride that comes with playing and finishing out this season especially given the fact that you know a couple months ago no one was sure that we were going to have a season at all and so you know I think with with not controlling your own destiny becomes a sense of pride to you know finish strong you know we talked to Georgia defensive lineman Malik Herring and 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 that entire defense has kind of given us this this you know idea of the fact that they don't want to get embarrassed on national television again you know obviously it happened against uh, elite caliber offenses in Alabama and Florida um, and and you know Mississippi State certainly has that kind of Capability with with the passing game and, and the air raid offense that Mike Leach has, um, but you know I, I think with it with with being out of the ICC championship hunt comes a sense of pride um, and also a sense of you know maybe looking towards the future, um, you know changing some things up, team wise, personnel wise, and and you know you may see that this weekend with uh, JT Daniels at quarterback, you know getting a look at ahead to the future and what this team could be. Uh, in, the, in the seasons to come because they do bring back a ton of talent. There is a ton of depth. There's a lot of young guys on this team that are going to be contributors, are contributors, and are going to be contributors in the years coming forward. And I think you know, the important part for Georgia is to finish this season strong uh, and, and get some of those younger guys some of that experience.
0: Well, you, you you were very kind in describing Mississippi State's offense. I would not be so kind myself, having watched them the past uh, six weeks. <laughs> Kirby Smart, you know, he comes from that Nick Saban tree of defense. They love man coverage, but the zone is what stymied Mississippi State over these past few weeks. You expecting to see a much different look from the Georgia defense on Saturday?
2: I have no clue what we're going to see out of Georgia's defense on Saturday. You know, that's a question that Kirby Smart has been addressed with, uh, and, you know, the whole idea of playing he, he is very adamant on playing man. You—you um, you saw it, you know, kind of come back to Biden against Alabama and Florida, uh, and and you know, if you put guys in islands on islands uh, in in a defense like this against a passing offense, you know, that, that's going to throw the ball around so much throughout the game, you know, you, you do have chances to get beat. Um, you know, and with that comes the the need to get to the quarterback. Um, you know, you, even looking at Georgia's matchup with Tennessee, there were a couple times that they that they got burned. Uh, you know, a couple plays that they got beat deep, and and it looked like Tennessee was going to take a little bit of momentum. But you know, come around second half, playing that man coverage against the Tennessee defenders, Tennessee wide receivers, ultimately resulted in Georgia getting a ton and ton and ton of pressure on the Tennessee quarterback. You know, forcing turnovers, fumbles, strip sacks, interceptions. And so I think there's a chance that we do see some of that, uh, you know, given the fact that Mississippi State's offensive line has struggled to protect the quarterback this year. Uh, But I do think that Georgia's probably going to stick with the man coverage in the secondary.
0: That will be a very interesting uh, development. Uh, State has not really seen any man coverage since that LSU game. So we'll see if that. Uh, if that plays out, if if she's able to take advantage, you mentioned the quarterback. Uh, you you say it looks like J.T. Daniels might finally get on the field uh, for Georgia this weekend. Why why do you think that, and, and why make the change now?
2: Yeah, I think there's a couple factors that go into this potential change. Uh, I think first of all, you look at the way Georgia's quarterbacks have played uh, over the last ten quarters. They've thrown seven interceptions, just the to two touchdowns, uh, and, and you know that's not that's not numbers that are going to win in the SEC. Um, I think you add to that the fact that Stetson Bennett, who has started the last uh, five games for Georgia, is banged up. He uh, sprained his A.C. joint and his throwing shoulder against Florida. Uh, you know, tried to fight through the pain, but ultimately, um, you know, it was too much. You know, had had some accuracy issues, looked a little bit timid, according to Kirby Smart, in the pocket. And, and you know, the confidence there... He didn't play well, so Georgia ends up going to Juan Mathis. Um, you know, I, I think the combination of the play of the quarterback uh, over the last 10 quarters, and, and really, I mean, you, you look back, the 10-quarter mark dates back to halftime of that Alabama game. Georgia was shut out in the second half against the Crimson Tide, only put up 14 points against Kentucky, and those were both, both those touchdowns were on the ground. And, and then, you know, the... They put up two touchdowns through the air against Florida, but you know it, it was not enough because of the way that the Georgia defense was playing. I think the combination of those two factors kind of leads us to this point where there was a competition in practice last week in preparation for Missouri, which obviously ended up not happening due to COVID factors and, and stuff like that. Um, you know, turned into a, essentially a second bye week for Georgia. But, you know, w- with Stephen Bennett banged up, he wasn't able to throw for early on in that week. And and so Kirby Smart told us, you know, his three guys being J.T. Daniels, Dwan Mathis, and Carson Beck were all getting reps at that quarterback position. Uh, you know, they were going to see an increased number of reps because of the decreased amount of guys that could give the team a look. And so I think, you know, Our sources at 24 7 Sports have told us that JT Daniels has been running with the first team offense for the most part. Um, You know, I I think that you look back to that started happening early on in that week preparing for Missouri. Uh, It's continuing to happen. And so, you know, we're going on over a week now that Daniels has been running with the first team offense. And, and, you know, I would expect to see him uh, given the fact that. Stephon Bennett is banged up. The quarterback play hasn't been all that great uh, the last ten quarters, and that he's getting more and more looks with that first
0: team. Well, that being said, you know Mississippi State this year has been pretty good against the run. Uh, That they've been able to limit some teams. You know they've been in the top half of the conference all season long in rushing defense. If Daniels is the quarterback, can he do enough things you think to to loosen State's defense up?
2: Yeah, it'll certainly be interesting. um, You know to look at that. You know given the fact that. Georgia has opened up, has shown a tendency to open up the pass game a little bit more under offensive coordinator Todd Monken. Um, you know, they, they threw the ball 40 times against Alabama. Obviously, you know, some of that is, is a factor of them being down late in the game and having to make some plays. Um, you know, but, but they did that with Stephen Bennett at quarterback. And, and, you know, I think it's safe to say that Daniels probably, in, in terms of a skill set, um, you know, in, in terms of his ceiling, he's probably got a higher ceiling than and Bennett, um, you know, in, in terms of his arm talent and stuff. So I think, you know, given, given what Georgia has shown this year, where they are willing to throw the ball, um, you know, and, and able to throw the ball this year with, with better wide receivers that are getting open, um, you know, they really struggled with that last year. In terms of talent, the wide wide receiver wide receiver position, you know, I I think those two things kind of show that Georgia is going to be open to the idea of throwing the ball uh, with J. T. Daniels. So I would expect to see um, him get his opportunity to show what he can do with his arm. Um, But you know, knowing Kirby Smart, knowing Georgia's brand of football, they're going to still run the ball, And, and it'll be interesting to see how that. Works out for the Bulldogs on Saturday.
0: Which Bulldogs? We gotta we have keep that straight here <laughs> on this one. Yeah,
2: as as I was saying it, I thought you know, hey, this is a matchup of the two SEC Bulldogs, yeah. so um, you know, I, I think it'll be interesting to see how that turns out for both Bulldogs on Saturday.
0: Yeah. You, you mentioned you know, let's go back to what you said about defense because man, I will be really surprised just from what I've seen. I've seen you know Alabama saving that they ran a lot of zone against Mississippi State. Uh, Mike Elko is a guy at Texas A and M who likes to run a lot of man. he zoned it up. You know, let's make the assumption that you're correct and, and that that they do run man. How does State attack that defense then? Because like you said, even if they are in man, they're they're so they have so much talent up front, they can still get a lot of pressure on them. issue you? Yeah,
2: I, you know, I think the way that State can attack Georgia's Georgia's defense is probably getting the ball out quick. Um, you know, given the fact that Georgia does have a a talented pass rushing unit, um, and and that State has. Shown some some struggles in that area, um, you know. I, I think that that's probably going to be key. Um, you know, if, if you can get the ball out quick and, and not allow those pass rushers to get to the quarterback, um, and and you know, get in his space, get in his passing lane. Um, I think that's going to be crucial. I think Georgia has talented players in the secondary, and and they've been exposed a little bit. Um, but I think you know, you looking back to that Alabama game, they didn't play especially in the first half, they didn't play all that bad. Um, you know, they gave up their big plays, but, you know, it feels like everyone's going to give up their big plays when they're playing against that offense. And, and you know, a healthy Jalen Waddle at the time, uh, Devontae Smith and, and Mechie, you know, there are so many different weapons there that, it, it almost feels inevitable that you're going to give up those plays. Uh, you know, I think looking at the Florida game, where Georgia really struggled in that one, wasn't necessarily on the outside as much as it was with covering running backs out of the backfield. And and so Florida, you know, targeted a banged-up Georgia defense already, um, you know, that was missing Richard McCown, um in, in the back end, ended up missing Louis Cien, uh, you know, as he exited with a concussion and, and went into uh, – concussion protocol and and was called for targeting on a hit on Kyle Pitts, so, you know, he was out anyway, but, you know, I I think that Florida targeted a banged-up Georgia defense and a banged-up Georgia secondary, um, you know, but they did so by going at the linebackers, Um, you know, they really, really hurt Georgia on a lot of wheel routes and stuff, and so, You know, I think it'll be interesting, Um, you know, like I said, I think the key is going to be getting the ball out quick, Um, and, and, you know, sometimes those wheel routes take longer to develop, so I think it'll be interesting to see kind of how, um, you know, if if Georgia's able to get a pass rush, you know, how quickly Mississippi State is getting the ball out, and if they're not able to get a pass rush, uh, you know, where Mississippi State chooses to kind of target this Georgia defense.
0: Sort of a big-picture question to wrap us up. You know, Florida, like we said at the beginning of this, is headed. To, look like they're headed to the SEC championship game. And, of course, you know, Mississippi State fans, they keep a little interest in Florida because of who the coach is down there. Do you feel like this year is just sort of a blip for Georgia and then next year they'll be back on top in the East? Or, or is there some concern in Athens that Florida might be pulling ahead uh, in that race?
2: Yeah, I don't know that it's concerned that Florida's pulling ahead as much as Florida has caught up. Um, you know, I, I don't think that – I think if you look at that game, it feels like forever ago, but it's now yeah. just two weeks. Um but, you know, story of this year. Um, exactly. But, you know, you look at that game, and I think, like I mentioned, Georgia was a banged-up football team, missing uh, several players on the defensive line, you know, had a banged-up inside linebacker with Monty Rice, who's been playing, but, you know, he's, he's not far from 100%. Um, you know, Kirby Smart has made that clear. Um, players have made that clear, and, and you can tell, um, watching Rice play. Um, and, and, like I mentioned, the, the, the banged up secondary that Georgia had. Um, you know, I, I think there, there is some concern over Georgia being exposed in the passing game. Um, you know, against the passing game, that is, you know, when you look back at the last three matchups Georgia has played against elite passing offenses, LSU in the SEC championship last year, Alabama and Florida this year, things have not gone well for Georgia. And so, you know, when they, when they do go up against a team that wants to run the ball or, you know, is, is going to be pretty close to 50-50 uh, split run and pass, I think Georgia's in good hands there. Um, you know, they've got talented defensive linemen, talented run-stopping linebackers outside linebackers that can contain um you know but i think the concern is when georgia gets put in those man-to-man coverage situations and they do struggle to get pressure on the quarterback how is that defense going to hold up and so i think you know there there have been a lot of questions for kirby smart on if he's going to reevaluate um you know his 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 love for man-to-man defense and you know he's It's important that you play man to man. Um, You know, like you said, coming from that Saban tree, he's always going to stick to that. And so I think you know you're you're still going to see that. I think it has worked in situations where Georgia wasn't so banged up. So I think you know I don't know that it's a blip on the radar. um, You know, because I do think Florida has caught up. Um, I think Florida's, you know continuing to recruit well. um, You know, and and develop under Dan Mullen. I think that you've you've seen these games get more and more competitive as, as the time has gone along that he's been there. Um, and, and I think, you know, you're, when, when you look at Florida this year, you're dealing with two, I wouldn't say generational players, but they're pretty close to it in Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts. Um, you know, and then what they've done at Florida, obviously Pitts only had two catches against Georgia because he was, uh, you know, knocked out of the game early on. But, you know, I, it'll be interesting to see what Florida has after that, um, and and you know how they develop a quarterback after Trask is gone. Um, but, you know, I think for Georgia, big picture, the biggest question is, and and this season as well, is the quarterback play. You look at it, the ways that Georgia has recruited. Um, you know, they just added a five-star out, linebacker today. Um, you know, in, in Smile Munden, and so I think that they, moving them into the top five for recruiting this year, they're going to recruit well. Um, you know, they, they've built up a ton and ton of talent on the offensive line. Uh, defensive line is coming along. Defense has been, you know, a strong suit under Kirby Smart. The biggest question is, is quarterback play, and, you know, that's certainly the case this year. After you have a three-year starter in Jake Fromm depart, um, you know, your plan in Jamie Newman depart just a couple weeks before the season um and and so you know i think quarterback play is certainly a question for georgia um and i think it'll be interesting to see how they you know kind of going back to what we said how they handle the rest of this season uh, in terms of getting ready for future quarterback play be it with jc daniels or um you know looking ahead and and maybe getting ready with a uh, freshman starting quarterback in Brock Vandegrift next year.
0: All right. Interesting stuff. We'll see how it plans out on Saturday over there between the hedges. Palmer Toms, thanks for joining me today on the podcast.
2: Absolutely. Thank you.
0: All right. Thanks to Palmer for his time. Really appreciate that. A lot of good info in there. So he says that he expects JT Daniels to get the start for the Georgia Bulldogs this weekend. I mean, my first question, to that is what took you so long? Yeah, uh, I understand he had some health issues up and early in the season, but yeah, you know, Georgia offensively has not been good this year. You know, they only scored 14 points on Kentucky. Um, you know, they, they've had, they've had some. You know, they they struggled early against uh, uh, Arkansas. They put what, 27 on the board against Auburn. They're not an explosive offense. They're, they are very much an old school run the ball to set up the pass kind of offense. That seems like an, a, an offense that a Mississippi State defense could, could be successful against. So if you get this situation where Kirby is going to play stubborn, and I will say this about Kirby Smart. He is a stubborn coach. He's, he's re- sort of refused to move his offense forward the way Nick Saban had, and that's the reason Nick Saban plays for national titles and wins national titles, and Kirby Smart has not. Yeah. So is there a, a small window here for Mississippi State early in this game? to maybe get something going and and, and put some points on the board? Maybe. Uh, It's just so difficult,
1: man, to to see this offense doing what it did in week one or anything remotely close to that, given what we've seen the last five games. Uh, And I, 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 I know we were probably going to, but defensively for State, to stop Georgia. I know Georgia isn't some just offensive powerhouse, but defensively state has taken some blows with Fred Peters now out with injury. Marcus Murphy's now opted out. Nathan Pickering, if you'll recall, did not play against Vanderbilt. We don't know if it was COVID or contact tracing or whatever. But if it was, depending on when depending on when that came down. We don't know if Pickering will play this week, right? So you could be having Mississippi State defense out there, obviously with no Peters and no Marcus Murphy, and you may not have Nathan Pickering either. You're starting to lose some depth from an already not incredibly deep defensive group. So I guess I I don't, and I don't think anybody does, I don't trust Mississippi State's offense. And the defense, which has been its strong suit all season long, continues to take blows and so you really is it fair to expect the defense to continue to be as good as it's been given the the talent that that it has lost over the course of the last three weeks or so and i uh, and to say this again pickering may play so i threw his name in there because we don't know if it was it covid or if it you know when the test came down or when he would be able to return we don't know that but I mean, there's a chance that right there, three guys that you could have projected going into the season might start, Pickering, Murphy, Peters, none of them in there. That that could be the case in Athens. That combined with the offense that no matter what defense they face right now, I don't know how you could feel confident about it. It's another – it's a day in which I don't have a ton of hope.
0: No, I don't either. I'm just wondering if – Smart stubbornness will play a role to make this game maybe a little closer than we think it's going to be. Could you see or, it
1: being like an A and M game, like a 28-14? Is that even possible?
0: I think A and M is better offensively, yeah, than, sp- than than Georgia is, but Georgia is better defensively. But if if Georgia puts themselves in that, situ- see, here is the problem: is that I don't really know how to look at this team anymore offensively because we talked about it yesterday. Uh, or two days ago, I'm sorry. That they, when they played LSU, they didn't have these same problems with the offensive line, and there were some plays in that game. They weren't just dumping the ball off in that game. They had some some routes that took some time to develop, and, and they and they got the ball out. LSU was bringing pressure, but State was just better against it. So I don't know what the situation is going to be. Now my, my, now my first real thought, and I said this in the interview, and I, I I've, I've texted back and forth a little bit with Palmer since then, is that I will be absolutely shocked. If Kirby Smart doesn't just start the game in zone and and do what everybody else has been doing to stop Mississippi State and let his superior talent win out, yeah, against a scheme State has shown no ability to to, to decipher. My, my, but if he, you know, if Palmer's right and Palmer covers Georgia, you know, and he knows them a lot better than I do. Well, then there's there's a small window here for things to be interesting maybe for a little while. And here's the thing: if things are interesting for a little while. Sometimes they stay interesting. Sometimes you just get a little confidence and, you know... The other team gets The tight. other team gets a little worried, like, are we, are we giving this away? And then, the, you know, quarterback making his first start of the season throws a pass he shouldn't have thrown, and next thing you know, you've got something going. So that would... I mean, this would be a monstrous upset. I, I can't even entertain the idea of beating Georgia. But it, it just feels like... Maybe it's just that I just don't have a lot... I don't have a lot of faith in Kirby Smart as a big-time coach. He is a big-time recruiter, which is why I think and why I sort of agree with what Palmer was saying at the end of the interview that he will continue to stay ahead of Florida because he continues to recruit better talent, and that's just, that's just going to carry him. And if Smart ever decides to smarten up, no pun intended, and bring in an offensive coordinator, I, know, I like Todd Munkin and all, but I guess you know, Munkin's a good guy. Maybe they just take the, the, the restrictions off of him. It's obvious what's happening there. It's obvious that Smart is like we're going to play safe and so on and so forth. Then yeah, Georgia could you know finally win that elusive national title. For this game though, you know I'm interested to see what happens now. He's got me. He I didn't have the level of interest in this game that I had before, or I have a big a bigger level of interest now than I had before I did that interview.
1: Yeah, I'll be interested to see. Speaking of interest, how long that interest lasts? A lot of interest. Uh, I've been waiting because I I really do not. And again, this is no no knocking Palmer at all because as you said he knows that team a lot better than you and I do I just can't logically think of why Georgia wouldn't do what everyone else has done to have success I mean and if they do try something different it doesn't work you look like a bunch of idiots in Athens
0: that's a that's a good point too. Yeah, if if they play man the whole game and state torches them for four hundred yards and four touchdowns and state wins,
1: I mean it's almost fi- it's not going to be fire. It's not finals, but
0: it's, it's, but it's, it's definitely. <laughs> hey, we need to have a meeting. Yeah, like, like what? That I mean, did was the seven weeks of film not good enough for you? <laughs> something like that. Yeah, yeah, that would be a very. It would be very interesting. It would be very something. It would be something. I don't even know the word. Interesting is not it. It would be something to watch Georgia try and basically replicate what LSU did.
1: And just do it better.
0: And just somehow now, do granted, it better. Now, granted, I do think they could do it they better. They could do it better. They have more talent, for sure. And, you know, but that would be a really, there's, really There's odd. just no need to do it better. Right. Just, you know, I don't... There are things in this life that sometimes you don't like, but you just do them because you know that's that. it's just going to work itself out. Yeah. Right? And... This is one of them. Kirby Smart may hate zone defense go, you know, and I hate it, but we gotta do it this week, just just to do it. You know? If you're what do we always say, coach would rather win, lose their way than win somebody else's way. Well I guess we'll find out if Kirby Smart is one of those kind of guys. I'm not saying this, by the way, I don't want to get people's hopes up. Georgia's still gonna win this football game. I don't see any way around that. But maybe State can make it interesting for a little but while. But if you
1: want to plot it out in your mind yeah. that you got a shot,
0: you are telling maybe, me there's a chance? Maybe
1: there's some hope.
0: There's a little bit of for something. for an interesting for, first quarter. For something there, that <laughs> would be, that would be something to watch.
1: And if you're interested in the first quarter, then maybe yeah. you're interested you, in the second quarter. You,
0: State comes on that first play, they bring Austin Williams across in motion, and somebody comes with him, and you're just like, oh, you know, everybody's eyebrows pick up. Mike Leach like Mike Leach might literally cuss out loud like, what the blank. Ball snapped. Guys are starting to run with the receivers. Holy cow! Here we go. We're back, baby. We'll see.
1: You get right. like a pick six from Forbes on Georgia's first possession, and all of a sudden it's fourteen nothing in Athens. Uh,
0: now, we're, now, now we're talking. Biden we're we're this playing. Guy. We're playing dangerous, dangerous <laughs> game there. All right. Uh, Tomorrow shows a three piece. You already know what it's about. Uh, we'll, we'll preview playmaker prediction this Georgia game, and then after that, guys, your hmm. mind is going to need to be writer. Than it's ever been before. It's you're gonna have to lock in because we will be in egg bowl week.
1: They need to play that game as scheduled. Because could you imagine if we like pre- previewed all that and then ah oh, we can't play it. and Then we have to do two egg bowl weeks. I can't
0: I can't deal with that. My my, I mean, my, my psyche can't we, handle we, it. It has
1: to be played as scheduled.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's going to happen, but we'll get there. <laughs> Alright guys. Have a great Thursday. Joel and I'll be back with you on Friday for Joel T. Coleman. Woo. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi.